Andy and Elisa have spent the last 19 years doing all kinds of adventure travel. They've hiked, backpacked, traveled by vehicle and motorcycle, but every time they come back home, they were just yearning for more. So to fulfill their desire for a ultimate adventure, they decided to ride around the world on their motorcycle with no end date. And after five years of saving for the trip, their planned departure date came and they rode out despite the cold, stormy weather. It was an experience that probably would have caused many riders to turn back and reevaluate, but they persevered through a stressful first few days and numerous other challenges. They had set out to experience the world by motorcycle and they weren't going to give up. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. Sam Manikin, Simon Austin, Simon Baby, Jocelyn Snow, Charlie Borman, Simon Thomas, Lisa Thomas, Grant Johnson, Graham Jarvis, Quentin Smith, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Best Rest product is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Googletech filters, Cycle Pump. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear. GreenChiliADV.com It's wind pressure that powers the MotoBreeze chain oiler. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers the oil to a felt pad on your swing arm. No nozzles near your sprockets. One ounce of oil gets 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets. MotoBreeze.com All right, well, uh, I'm Andy. And I'm Elisa. Uh, we are from the UK and we travel. Mad or nomad. And we travel around on motorbikes. Yeah. Andy and Elisa, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Right now, you're in the UK and you've got sort of a, a spot where you hang out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. Yeah, we, we literally back for a wedding. Yeah, we literally flew back like two days ago. Yeah, two days ago for a wedding. So super, super jet lagged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So talk about this this place that you have a little bit of, of what you have that you're coming back to because I know that you you sold your home and everything when you left. Uh, yeah, um, it's Elisa's uh, sister has a has a house, and she very kindly allowed us to build a annex on the side of it. So during COVID, when we came back to the UK, uh, we we built like a self contained unit on the side, and it's very small. You know, you can we we're shoulder to shoulder uh, in, in in the annex, but it's nice to have a little base when we when we come back. Yeah, we've got our own space, our own bed. Yeah, and yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, it's really cool. We're, we're happy with it. So, But before COVID, you did spend some years traveling with no place to come back to. Yeah, that's right. We used to come back and you'd, you'd stay on like a friend's sofa. Like it was very kind of your, your friends and stuff. But um, after a while, it gets a bit tiring. You know, you, you have to come back. And 
um, see who's got a sofa available, make sure that they, their kids aren't going to be in the house because you, you need to sleep. And, and So what do you do? You put their kids outside? Yeah, yeah, that's what we asked them. Like, get, get your kids outside and we'll come and stay with you. Just the way you said that, you know, make sure that their kids aren't going to be in the house. No, get those things and put them outside, please. I need to sleep. Yeah, yeah it's just like, it was, it's nice to have our own base where we've got all our things in one spot. So we, we're not, we're not on lots, lots of people's sofas all the time. It's, it works out better for us. Yeah. And, and for everyone else, I guess. And we started coming back a little bit more now, like coming back to the UK, because I, I guess it's important to it's important for us to come back and because otherwise you miss out on all those sort of like special occasions and weddings and like there's a whole other life happening back home that you're you're not a part of and so for the the really important ones and the, the friends we like we we come back for their <laughs> weddings and um, say hello to their babies but just put them back very quickly and then get back out there you know <laughs> so having a place to, to come back to that's yours that you can leave something at that you know is there for you that's made the difference for you being able to return then uh, yeah, it, it has. It's made it easier to return. It's it's made uh, coming back home and not having to find accommodation or, or or put someone else out. It's made it a lot easier for us to to come back more often, uh, yeah. even if it is only for a week at a time. It's 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 just much easier now. So sort of sort of psychological as well, I guess. You know, just the fact that yeah. you know where you're going when you come back. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We we go there with all our stuff, and <laughs> we've got our base. It's yeah, yeah. it's good. Where, where does your story begin as a couple, you know, before getting on the motorcycle? Uh, oh, that's well, a long story. 19 years ago, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, we've been no. together for about nine, yeah. 19 years now. And we were neighbours, so we met each other because we lived next door to each other. So yeah. that's how it all sort of started. And we've always Child had a lovely travel. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, and, wow. and we've been travelling pretty much since we met each other. We, yeah. Yeah, we've been we've been traveling a long time, really. Just decided to finally do it permanently. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. sort of traveling were you doing? We started off backpacking, so I think yeah. at seventeen we went backpacking. Yeah, we'd go um, to like Southeast Asia for like four months. Yeah, yes. we did four months in Southeast Asia. And then. then we tried hitchhiking trips. We tried. We've been on boats. Um, we've we'd, driven around we'd, Europe. Yeah, we, we'd take a car and drive around Europe for like six months at yeah. a time. Uh, and we did bike trips and that's just by far the best way to do it. So we just kind of always knew that actually one day, you know, it's the, it, two wheels are the way to go. Yeah. When you say bike trips, you're talking bicycle or motorcycle? Oh God, no, not bicycle. And those guys, <laughs> those guys are the real heroes. No way. They're the real heroes for sure. No, yeah. we- <laughs> could never, could never do that. I wish I could. No, but- I always think there's something they don't get. You know, like you look at them pedaling away there and you think, look at all you have to do is put a motor on that thing. Like, think about it. Yeah. We've met so many cyclists and it's the, they're in such pain. And I don't know why, I don't know how they do it. No, we, we, it's impressive. We, we couldn't do it. No, I think it's the same way that, that van travelers talk about motorcyclists though. Maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe. You know, they go through the mountains in, in the snow and the sleet and everything and they see the motorcyclist shivering and, and soaking wet and at the stop, you know, they, they look at you and they think, that's pitiful. That's just horrible. All you need <laughs> is two more wheels, right? And a body. Yeah, that's probably it, actually. Yeah, yeah. they probably do. I didn't think of it like that. <laughs> so you guys always had it in your mind you wanted to get on a motorcycle and tour. You thought that was the the ultimate way to go. Why Why the motorcycle? Did you try? Because you mentioned boats in there. Yeah, yeah we've been on boats with like sailing boats with friends and stuff and didn't really work out for us because we both get terribly seasick. So. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> so it didn't really work for us. Wish we could do a boat trip. That yeah. would be really cool. But yeah, we just haven't got the sea legs. And I get motorbikes have always been a thing for us. We we, we learned how to ride when, when we could at 17, passed our les- lessons at, at 17. And I guess they've always sort of been yeah, in our lives. Yeah, always been a part of our yeah, lives, haven't they? We've so. done bike trips. Yeah. So it's like as transportation at home? Yeah, 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 as transportation at home. Right. And then you decide that uh, you want to do a big trip. Well, what brings that on? Like, so the whole, because obviously you had a, you had a quote unquote normal life. You had a house, you must've had jobs to have that house, etc. When was the decision made and how that come about that you decide that you're going to throw it all away and get on your bikes and ride? I, th- I think that came about when, when all these little trips that we did, we realized that we were so miserable when we had to go back home and we just kept getting holiday blues and decided that actually let's not go back home. Let's, let's do this trip and sell everything and leave our, our like working lives behind and, and not have to ever come back home. So it was sort of arranged like that really, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess. We, we, yeah, you're right. We're, we're, hap- we're happiest when we're traveling. And I think if you're, if you know what you're, if you know when you're happiest, you may as well try and make that your full time. Yeah. Right. Like, what, why it doesn't make sense to to not. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. So you're you're two people that have decided that you like vacation more than work, which sounds <laughs> odd, I guess. Yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> I, I think I might have heard one or two people say that before, but I mean, yeah. I think generally the the hurdle for people is. I guess it's probably two, really talking seriously. The two hurdles would be one, leaving everything behind, maybe three. Let me throw in another one. Leaving everything behind would be one. The other one would be stepping out of the rat race and losing your place. And of course, yeah. the other one, which would be fairly big, is how do you make enough money to, or how do you make money and stay on the road? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. all very good questions. I yeah. guess we always knew, even when we were young, that we never wanted a traditional lifestyle right it's, yeah. it's always it's always been a we've always been a bit alternative and never really wanted to do that and I guess we've been together so long we've spent a lot of time saving and we had like a five-year plan didn't we we yeah. saved for five years bought our property and and did things like that and were able to make a bit of money so it, t- it was a long time in the planning really wasn't it yeah and and when we were when we were away like we'd we'd go away for like six or seven months for example we'd do like a big trip and we 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 think that we 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 could keep going uh like we could we 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 were able to live quite cheap and we feel like this is something that we could keep going like what's another month what's another month on top of that and what's you know nine months we could do nine months if we've already done seven months we could do a year that's no problem we just so so it was like well we think we can do this so we decided to make that plan and that we will go and we will not have to come back uh and i guess we just worked really really hard towards it but as as we've traveled we've met lots of different people who who are doing the same thing but everyone seems to be well so many people do it in different ways you know some people make their money as they travel from things like youtube some people make money from some people a lot of people stop and work as they go some people are retired and they're using their pension everyone Um, does it differently yeah and some people yeah Everyone has their own, I guess, their own way of, of, of managing that. Yeah. It's six months. Like when you were doing six months, that's a long time for someone to pull off anyway. I mean, the whole getting away from work thing, but even just being on the road, I mean, that's six months. That's, that's a long trip. Yeah, it is. You're right. It is, it is a long trip. And, and there does 
there are times within those six months that you do need a break. So we've sort of adapted our our, our big trip now to when we've had enough, we just, okay, let's have a week off. And we have a week off and enjoy wherever that might be for, for us sometimes, a week, 10 days, yeah. have a little rest from our holiday. <laughs> <laughs> you poor thing. Yeah. And then... And then <laughs> And then carry on again, I guess. Yes, yeah, I guess it's it's really important to have those the, those days off and that time off. And we're not like um, we don't ride every day. You know, it's not just ride, 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 ride because uh, that just kind of gets a bit boring after a while. Uh, we we stop and we'd ride for two days, stop for two days, ride for seven days solid, stop for a week. You yeah, know, then we might we have mix to it up quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we don't have like some sort of tight schedule. We like we like to keep things flexible and. Like you never know who you might meet and and want to experience something with them, perhaps. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we keep it flexible. Got to travel, travel with other people and see where they're going. Yeah, you've got to be very flexible, I think, especially yeah. on a long, long-term long trip. So the whole stepping out of your, your sort of your place in the rat race, though, was that ever an issue for you guys? Or have you guys just always had that mindset of you're, you're just not fitting in? We've always been like that. Yeah, we've we've never quite fitted in. And we've always had that mindset of of going off and doing something like this yeah for sure that's real freedom yeah yeah i guess so yeah (laughs) we like it (laughs) but is but is your family and and everyone you know not sort of sold on on that whole thing and not that there's anything wrong with it because i i don't diss one or the other i think we all i mean i think it's just great that some of us have a choice that we can do either one but but isn't everybody that was around you sort of in that mode that that pattern that you don't fit into um no I don't think so I think I think our our family and perhaps our friends all thought that we were never actually going to do it and it was because it was so long in the planning I think everyone just kind of thought oh yeah 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 we know you're doing this trip Uh, la 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 and that they're never actually going to do it yeah Um, one day we'll go one day we'll go yeah because it took us so long to to save for it um prepare everything and you know tie off all those loose ends it's a yeah it's hard it's it's a big thing to leave a life behind I guess yeah for sure effectively yeah and then I think when we when we did decide to okay we're we're finally going we're actually doing this trip I think everyone thought oh they'll be back in six months they're always (sighs) back in six months yeah so um I think they all thought that we were we were gonna but I kind of worked against us a little bit because at the time (laughs) because um we were just so we were so tired of everyone going. Oh yeah, you 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 yeah yeah yeah. You're really going to go this time. And it got to it was January the first when we left, which was an absolutely terrible time of year to go. There was a, a there was actually a storm at the time, wasn't there? Storm, storm Eleanor. Storm Eleanor, yeah. And so the the UK and France was like hit by this storm, and we just and that we're going anyway. We didn't even have all our stuff properly packed. We were really overloaded and we were riding until like one in the morning in yeah. in France and like being blown over motorways, red warning signs all down these motorways. So. <laughs> and and you're sort of doing this because you feel the pressure to go and do it this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we yeah, want maybe everyone that. to tell so, us we weren't going. Uh, yeah. We were like, we will be going on the first of January, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Stubborn this, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to talk about, I want to get that story that, that you just started to tell there, but I want, I want the whole story because I know it was, it was quite significant. It's quite a way to start an adventure. And, and I think that maybe other people wouldn't have, um, wouldn't have kept going afterwards. So set that up. So you're, you're getting ready to go. You didn't check the weather. <laughs> didn't check the weather. Yeah. That's the, yeah, it was, it's basically, it, it was, um, it's how, how not to start an adventure really. We, <laughs> 
it was yeah it was the first of january 2018 and storm eleanor just hit the uk and france and there were severe weather warnings and red warnings but because we told everyone we were going and everyone no one really believed us we i guess out of stubbornness we just decided that we had to go on that day it was like now or never seems like a good time to go so we just chucked everything on it would have been nice if we had packed properly and done all that and, and realized that our, our items didn't actually fit in any of our bags yeah nothing fit nothing um, nothing fit correctly just hammering it down with rain and we could have just waited another day i don't know you just get it in your head you gotta go you gotta go and we we set off and we got 10 miles down the road and realized we forgot our sat nav we had to go back and get it and then we got to the channel tunnel and we realized that one of our panniers was had been set on fire as we were riding that might have been like <laughs> been set on fire be, yeah it like caught onto the exhaust everything was just it was a mess uh, just yeah, our, our imagine bag, a mess going down the 25 on fire our tent our tent was now destroyed yeah we didn't oh. have a tent anymore our bag uh, on our bedding was not was also destroyed it's like smoldering wasn't it yeah because it, it was had holes in it flames is there a yeah. Yeah, yeah there was, yeah, was a little bit yeah when we got to the <laughs> dust now luckily the the rain uh, helped yeah. helped with that but then yeah as soon as we got to france it was just terrible there were barely anybody on the roads was there it's just yeah. us flying around lane to lane and lisa like the was wind like, or something like 80 mile an hour winds no, oh man i can't remember how they weren't it, it was ridiculous it was ridiculous wind and we were at a slant the whole the whole time yeah right diagonally it was very oh. silly what, silly decision what, what the hell are we doing like have we made a massive mistake here i yeah. don't know but I don't think we have made a mistake looking back. <laughs> it got, it got better. Like, it it got certainly better. got better. Well, but... well, before I think it got a little bit worse though, didn't it? But but, but keep going. So what happened? Uh, we got to our friend. We were dead set on like, oh, we, we, we have a friend in France and we were like, we're coming to yours first night and he lives in Normandy and we were so dead set on getting there that we, we didn't pull over. We didn't just get a hotel for the night. We rode until like half one in the yeah, morning. it was early hours in the morning. Freezing cold, just set soaked such a... Through, yeah. through and through. And then we stayed at his and then we just kept going. We had it in our head that, you know, you just got to keep going. And, you know, we'd arrive at... We booked like an Airbnb for the next day or something. Yeah, in. we had, yeah. And it was so cold and, and so wet that when we got to the Airbnb, Elisa couldn't take her clothes off. And it was it was a room in someone's apartment. And my, they, hands, my hands were, were frozen, yeah, solid. This, oh, they, they, yeah. I couldn't move my fingers anymore. This lady and her husband had to so take her clothes off. <laughs> wow. We just, and they were like, are you sure you guys, you know, you know what you're doing? Yes, yeah, we're fine, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we've, we've learned we've from that now, though. Yeah. Like, we, we don't, you don't have to push yourself. Like, there is no time scale there is no there's no rush you don't have to be anywhere like yeah. just just take it easy like if, i think if, we're just so excited when we were so excited to be on this adventure and we're like let's go we've, we've got to make it to to this, these places and yeah you're right we've learned from that and we don't do anything like that now if it's raining we try and avoid riding yeah we try and avoid <laughs> it yeah but, but <laughs> from, from there you went to another friend's house and you had some mechanical issues yeah so oh, that yeah. was when we were in Slovakia we got snowed in in Slovakia didn't yeah we? we got stuck in the snow it was like minus 12 at one point yeah and we were right we were riding through quite a lot of snow weren't we and through Bulgaria but that's because we wanted to go and skiing we, but we had problems with our bike as well didn't we so. yeah what happened like the exhaust broke and um something happened with the the preload I can't remember it was didn't our Scott, wasn't it? No, the Scott. So many things. I can't remember what happened to the bike now. Electrical <laughs> issues and, and things like that. All sorts. We had a battery issue as well. Yeah, lots of battery issues. 
Yeah, we had a lot of problems early, <laughs> early on. Most of our problems were within the first few weeks, but that's that sh- goes to show uh, the importance of doing dry runs, I guess. Yes. Yeah, but it also, I mean, like you're you're heading off on this massive adventure. You're brand new at the at least the idea of this this big adventure that you're going on. You take off and you practically freeze to death. I mean, that's hypothermia, not being able to use your hands. Obviously, <laughs> um, you've got the, all these mechanical problems with your bikes. You, you've ruined your tent, as yeah. you said. You've got equipment that's that's been burnt on the exhaust. It's yeah. nothing. Sounds like it worked very well. Why not just give up at that point? <laughs> well, you told everyone you're going. You can't. You can't go home. I'm not being mean here. I'm just thinking, yeah. like, so many people would decide. Okay, this is clearly not for us, right? Yeah, I guess. I no, guess we people, it, we ne- we never really had it in us to give up. It was we've had a, quite a few hurdles along the way, and it's always just made us stronger and want to do it even more. So I think we've never really been been yeah. that type. And I mean, we wanted to experience the world. We set out to experience the world, and. That's we're, what it we're going to be yeah. doing. That <laughs> we, were, we were lucky to have. We were lucky to have all those problems straight away because it can only then get better, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, true. that's true. Yeah, that's true. And if you can get actually, through that, and the experiences it did get a lot worse you, actually, but yeah, <laughs> and the people that you meet from those from those experiences, the the people in the community, the biking community in particular, um, that you meet from those little mishaps is is what's really made our trip, hasn't it? Yeah. Like there's a lot of cool meeting those people and having to fix these problems and dealing with these issues is, has been some of our highlights as well as our lowlights. <laughs> <laughs> what type of personalities do you guys have? What type of people are you? And, and, and maybe I can get Alyssa, you talk about Andy, Andy, yeah. you about Alyssa. <laughs> um, I would say, Last chance for this year. It's your last chance to experience one of the largest overlanding events in the world right here in North America. It's Overland Expo East. Running October 6th to 8th, it's being held at the Oak Ridge Estate in Arrington, Virginia. Overland Expo puts together such a large event that I doubt you could take it all in in one weekend. You can either go for a day or for the weekend, which would be your better bet probably for the weekend because they have camping. And then you'll be amongst kindred Overland spirit. Those that have done it, they're going to do it, that plan to do it. Everybody's there. Now, in case you don't know, the Oak Ridge Estate in Arrington, Virginia is in the Blue Ridge Mountains. We listed the Blue Ridge Mountains actually in the, in the last Raw episode, The Seven Wonders of Motorcycle Travel Across the U.S. That's uh, episode 91. This area is worthy of destination for riding on its own. But to have Overland Expo there, wow, what a great trip, even if you're coming from a distance. Now, there's all kinds of things going on. Motorcycle demo days, they've got classes, the hands-on kind and in-class for motor-related things. Just everything you can imagine. Vendors, they've got so many vendors in one place where you can walk from one to another and speak directly to them. I doubt you'll ever see as many overlanding specific vendors in one place. Now you've got to get your tickets online. That's the only way you can get your tickets. Visit overlandexpo.com and click East. Space is limited. Camping is limited. Overlandexpo.com. I would grab the weekend pass if I was going to go. Overlandexpo.com. And anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Overlandexpo.com. 
Well, here is another fantastic thing that is made specifically for us motorcycle riders. It's called the Pearly's Hugger. It's a sweater that's designed to go underneath your jacket, your riding jacket for motorcycling. It's made of 20% New Zealand possum fur, 70% merino wool. So you know those two fabrics from what I've talked about, about the socks and 10% silk. This thing is the warmest, most comfortable mid-layer that I have ever tried. This thing is incredible. It's not only fantastically warm, but it's unbelievably soft. It just feels, well, kind of like it's hugging you, I guess, in a way. It, it got that name, actually, because on the tester model, I had people <laughs> give me a hug, and everybody would run their hands down my my sweater, my my arm, rather, to feel the sweater and say, it's incredibly soft. It is. It's incredibly soft, but it also wicks away moisture. And the other day, when I went over to my son-in-law's, he says, oh, new sweater. I said, no, it's actually the same sweater that I've been wearing for months now for everything under my motorcycle jacket, working outside. I mean, for every time that I need a sweater, this is my sweater. I wear it all the time. It shows virtually no signs of wear. It is a beautifully well-designed sweater with a, a neck that comes up and tucks into your collar. I mean, it's just great. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com. What type of personalities do you guys have? What type of people are you? And 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 maybe I can get Alyssa. You talk about Andy. Andy. Yeah. You about Alyssa. <laughs> um, I would say. Um, <laughs> we joke about this quite a lot on our trip. I'd say Andy is a little bit of a pessimist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, used, I used the word realist. <laughs> Andy likes the word realist. Yeah. Um, and Andy's yeah, a, a, a realist. Um, slash pessimist. Slash pessimist. And, um, but full of adventure and spont- spontaneity, I guess. Yeah. I, well, I I know what you're I know what you're referring to. What what Elise is um, Elise is talking about is that, for example, if we're if we're going to a border, and <laughs> I think that like for example, our temporary import has expired, which happens sometimes. Um, I, I I like to think of every which way uh, we can get out of it, and what I'm going to say, and what we're going to do should scenario A, B, C, D, E, and J come up. Whilst Elisa is like, I'm not, I'm not going to do any of that preparation and everything is going to be completely fine. So Elisa's like super optimistic and I'm super pessimistic. <laughs> These are character traits. These are yeah, no, Andy, I totally get the realist things. Matter of fact, that's what I consider myself as well. And I come across very few people who, who use that term. I think realist is um, an interesting perspective that you have as a realist, but, but I think it can also be kind of a downer sometimes because there's yeah. many times I wish that I could see things through rose colored glasses. And I wonder if you feel the same way rather than seeing it is in my mind as the way it is. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy. I, I like, I like to just have in my head like a, a few little scenarios of what, what, what we can do because then I'm not caught out. I know in my head already what I'm going to do and what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And that, that works for me. And sometimes it works in Elisa's favor where we don't, we don't have to worry about those sort of, sort of things because yeah, no, nothing, nothing, nothing bad happens, but <laughs> yeah. But you're right. It, it can come across sometimes as a bit negative because you're, it is something that perhaps Andy's always 
worrying about or thinking about. Whereas for me, I'm just away with the fairies. I'm like, oh yeah, everything's fine. (laughs) Everything's roses. (laughs) That's what I mean. It's almost because, you know, I always say worry is a wasted emotion. And, and, and I think that not that that's worrying, but it, but is almost, it's, it's almost worrying, you know, when you're thinking about all those different scenarios, it's an exercise to say the least, right? So as you work through them, so Andy's working through these exercises. Meanwhile, Elisa, you're just going along and enjoying yourself. No stress, you know, no (laughs) worry about the possibilities and you deal with it as it comes. So it's, it's, it's interesting the the two different types. Now, now Andy, describe Elisa. Uh, Elisa, Elisa's the, yeah, super optimistic about everything. Like she, Elisa is, um, everything will work out and it really pains me to say it. I don't like that. This, this is even a subject to be honest with you, because it pains me to say it so much that Elisa is 99.9% of the time, right on things like things, things do work out, but you know, it's still good that we had that plan A, B, C and D and E, but yeah, most of the time it's just annoying. You know, like, for example, when COVID happened, we had to leave our bike in Thailand and the temporary import expired. Like we had to fly home. We we tried to wait it out for six months or so. And and then our visas ran out, insurance ran out, et cetera, et cetera. We had to fly home. And um, um, because our temporary import ran out, I was, while we were at home, like, oh man, it's going to be a big fine. We're going to get back. Like We're going to be in trouble. And Lisa's like, not even thinking about it. She's just ignoring me at this point. We get back there, we ride to the border to cross to Malaysia. And I'm like, oh man, this is, this is it. This is where, this is where trouble happens. And Lisa's just literally just ignoring me. I think she, because we have intercoms, I think you've even just switched the intercom off. I did, yeah. yeah. And then we get to the border and I'm like, oh man, here we go. I'm going to go up there and have to speak to this guy. And Lisa's like, don't worry about it. Like, it's no problem. I'm just going to sit here and have like a Coke or something. I mean, what can you do? Yeah, what can you do? If you get a fine, you get a fine. There's there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you just have to deal with it, I guess. And then I'm there dealing with this guy and I'm like, really sorry about all this like tip stuff, you know, and I'm trying to explain it. And he's just like, oh, it's okay. Pay us like five pounds. It was like five pounds or something was yeah. the fine. And I look around at Elisa and she's just like lifting her coke up in the air, like to cheers me. She kind of, she doesn't know what's going on. She doesn't know what this conversation is between me and this guy. But I'm like, oh, it's just more painful than the worry of a year, <laughs> year's worry of what's going to happen is having to go back over to Elisa to be like, yeah, it was fine. Just get back on the bike. Let's go. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the hardest bit. But yeah, Elisa's super optimistic. Like nothing's too much trouble. Like, nothing's daunting you ever and uh like with with travel and yeah yeah, just up up for absolutely anything and yeah super adventurous i guess (laughs) how do you guys get along while you're riding i mean is it all bliss i'd say Uh, yeah i'd say i i we're really lucky that we that we, we we get on so well that we we never have barney no um we, we very rarely argue. If anything, if I'm a little bit hungry, I might get a bit snappy. Yeah, and the mornings, you don't like mornings. <laughs> I'm not very good in the mornings, but we've learned that Annie just to speak doesn't to speak to me in the mornings. Yeah. She's a couple of hours. <laughs> I need to have breakfast first and have a cup of tea first, and then we can have a conversation. And we've learned we've learned that that's the way. Yeah, you're super close, work. right? Like 24 hours a day, every day you're with each other. You know what each other likes, what you don't like. I know that Elisa doesn't want to be spoken to in the morning. So <laughs> I quietly zip out of the tent. I'll go and make my coffee. I'll do my thing. Uh, and Elisa gets up in her time. Like you, you yeah. just, you, yeah. You, you communication is key for sure. Like yeah. you, you have to communicate and tell each other what, 
what you need and what you don't need like and and then that work and it works out yeah so yeah I, yeah I think know, we're really lucky in that sense right yeah and when we do have a Barney which is really rare but when we do we have to talk about it and we just say this has upset me this is what happened I need you to do this and nine times out of ten, yeah, it's it resolves itself quite resolves quickly because yeah. you can't just ride off in different directions. So you you have you're you're forced to deal with things there and then, and you just come to a resolve, yeah, very quickly because you're just wasting time otherwise. So yeah. when something does come up, then you guys you guys must know, I guess, that you're going to sort it out. Is is never it's never an existential uh, argument. No, we'd no. never ride off. Like if there's something that's happened, like that's it. Pull over. Let's, yeah, let's, we, like, we put the kettle room. on. Yeah, we we'll sort it out here and now. Like why? Why waste our lives? Like yeah. upset. Why waste more than five minutes on on this? It's just that. That is the rule. Like you, you, you don't ride upset or angry because then your concentration is then on something completely different, right? So mm-hmm. the rule is: if you're upset and angry, we pull over, we sort it out, we listen to each other, and and yeah. move on. Yeah. Oh, so you have a, you have a method, uh, you know, it's, it's, and this is so unusual really, because often there's some, there's some competing things there, not necessarily competing as far as a competition, but things that are, that go against each other as far as the argument goes. I mean, one person may say, you know, that they, they don't want to yell in an argument, whereas the other person, that's the only way you argue is by yelling. Yeah. So you guys have it worked out that you have a system, you have a, um, a, uh, a process that you go through. If, if something comes up, then you know your process. You're saying you pull over, you have a cup of tea and, and you do your, your process. You work through it, yeah. get it done, move work, on. Work through it. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. That's exactly it. it. It doesn't have to happen very often at all, though, if I'm honest. It's probably happened only three or four times in the whole time we've been on this trip. And normally it's... It's, it's done it's and dusted done very it, fast, yeah. yeah. People often say, you know, if you're going to travel with somebody, it'll show whether you're going to stay together or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. When you started out on on this trip, what was the overall plan for the trip? It was to to see, well, for me, it was to see as much of the world as we possibly could with the money that we had at the time. And, and until we stopped enjoying it, we, the rule was we had to, do it until we stopped enjoying it and as soon as we stopped enjoying it then it it would end yeah it it just hasn't got to that phase yet we've we've still we've still got some savings left and um we're able to tick on by we're still absolutely loving it and there's still so much of the world left to see yeah (laughs) it was kind of just let's let's go uh, until the day we're not we're not having fun you know if in two months time we decide that actually this isn't for us anymore then that's the end of it there's no like we need to I don't know. There seems to be a lot of pressure these days. A lot of people have like specific goals and, you know, they need to circumnavigate or they need to, you know, be the first to, or they need to, you know, take off this or that. There's, there's nothing like that. It's just, just, it's just about, just about having fun and experience. What yeah, we want to experience. Exactly. What does see the world mean to you guys? Um, well, for me, I just want to see every country yeah. and every culture and, every cuisine that's out there. I just want to see it all. Lisa loves doing like uh, doing every, like when we get to a place, Lisa's one of those people that are like, all right, in this, in this country, there is all these millions of things to do. Let's go and do all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just about seeing everything. Right? I just, and yeah. For me, I just want to see everything. Opening yourself to everything that's out there, I yeah. guess. So how do you schedule it? Do you, do you just plan to go into a country and stay as long as you're either legally allowed or you've seen everything and done everything? Yeah, pretty much. So I do that side of things. I decide what what 
what I would like to see. And then Andy tends to get involved with um, what roads are the best roads to take and the best scenic things for that. So then we sort of try and plan a, a journey based on that. And then there's been some places where the countries have been too too big, like Australia was too big in the time frame that we had. Um, so we've done a section of, of of that country and we hope in the future to go back and finish off the the bits and pieces that we haven't managed to to achieve yet. Yeah. Andy, for you, what what are you looking for? Because Alyssa said, see the world. She wanted to see it and she described that. Are you looking for something different? Uh, no, so it was very, very similar. Uh, I like same, same sort of things like Lisa, like we like to meet new people. I like to experience new cultures, but also I, I really enjoy the, the riding aspects. So for me, it's experiencing different roads, different terrains, uh, like scenery, that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. I really enjoy like planning, like which routes are going to take. Yeah. I, I enjoy that sort of stuff. Although we don't really like, at least we're talking about planning and stuff. We don't really plan a lot we the way we do it is you kind of you uh pin things on google maps that you like the look of or if there's like an interesting site or an interesting road you pin it and then as you sort of go through the country you try and kind of join up the dots as best you can it's not really like a set day by day sort of plan and and is that while you're on the trip you're doing that or is that all research done before Oh no! Like, we, like normally the day before. Day before, yeah. We're, oh, we're day before planning, sort of. People. We don't actually plan anything really. No, because um, like plans change, right? Because you, you you meet somebody that says, "Oh, there's this really amazing route, or there's this really amazing temple that's over here. You should go and visit that." And we, yeah, then you yeah. plans go out the window, and you just go that way. So it takes takes too much time to plan things. It does like, take a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> and you, as you said, you, when you left, you left with one motorcycle, two up on one motorcycle. What's yeah. the plan with that? Well, we're on two bikes now. Yeah. Um, the, the, the idea with the one bike was I've had that bike for, a that XT for, I had it for 13, 14 years. I bought that bike to ride, uh, do a big trip on, um, years ago. Uh, and so we already had the bike and I know the bike inside out. So we, we started on that one bike because once we got to Vladivostok, we'd have to ship it to Japan and then South Korea and then Cambodia and then. Borneo, Indonesia, Australia, New Zealand, and then to America. And that would, uh, us uh, shipping, uh, as I'm sure you know, is very expensive. It's the absolute biggest budget killer of any round the world trip. So we thought we'd do that bike, uh, do that section of the trip on one bike. And then Elisa would buy and rent a bike uh, in some some countries. So for example, in Japan, Elisa had her own bike for six months um, riding around. Uh, And then once we got to the States, then from then on for the remainder of the trip, we'd always be on two bikes. Mm. Yeah, it was always the plan because we, we just couldn't afford the shipping yeah, of two, such a, of such two a bikes to all those countries. Yeah. It just we just couldn't afford it. So we, one one main bike and and I was going to rent. Sick. It didn't work out every time with the rentals. So we, no. I, I found it really difficult to rent in um, uh, Central Asia. That was I found that more challenging at the time um, yeah. to rent. So we to find a rental. Wasn't it? Yeah, at, yeah, at the time for me, I, I found it difficult to find a rental. But everywhere else, we've been okay, haven't we? Yeah. Managed I mean, to find smaller bikes everywhere else. Certainly, but now, but now we're on two, and we'll we'll stay on two for the rest of the trip. And yeah. the XT is has been retired, so we're on two CRF three hundred hours now. Yeah. Mm. And you kept the XT. Yeah, it's actually on a. I think it's due to arrive back in the UK any ne- day now. Next week, yeah, yeah. early next oh, week. It's from Australia. We left it in Australia. Yeah, now, 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 a on the wall somewhere. 
<laughs> I, from what I understand, that's in kind of rough shape, isn't it? I mean, hasn't it been through an awful lot? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been through a lot, but it, it, it works. It works perfectly. Uh, the only problems it's ever had are really stock, um, sorry, uh, aftermarket parts that just ended up breaking. Like the actual bike itself has, has been a bit of a trooper. Uh, yeah. we did like, for, for example, the, the rear, we had an aftermarket shock put on and we took off, we took off all the, all our gear and left it in Tajikistan once and, and then rode into Afghanistan, came back to Tajikistan and the shock had broke. Um, and so we had to limp our way to Kyrgyzstan and uh, anyone knows that sort of area knows that it's quite a muddy, bouncy ride. And so with a broken shock, the, it caused the subframe to snap and the frame to crack. So those are problems mm. that happen with the bike, but it's the fault of the aftermarket part. And then in Kyrgyzstan, we had our original shock shipped back out and then we've used that for the remaining four years on even Stuff. tougher terrain and it's yeah and yeah, it was wow. completely fine so yeah that really says something now when you say the shock went what it is is that i guess you lost your shock fluid the, the seal went yeah. or something yeah, yeah. so the you've got the blue. spring on there but you've got nothing to dampen the the bounce so you're bouncing and going to the extreme the bottoming out and the extreme extension uh, on the exactly. shock that's why you yeah. broke the thing wow and now yeah. your stock shock makes it through yeah, the stock shock went through much worse terrain, like through Mongolia and stuff. We were a hammer in that shock. And yeah, completely fine. So yeah, uh, that bike, that bike's pretty much bulletproof, I think. And once it comes back to the UK, I'll, I'll get it going again because uh, it's been sat for a while. But yeah, they, they're good bikes. You you said that you're on 300s now? Yeah, that's right. 300s. Yeah. You'll be on those to the remainder for the remainder of the trip, which tells me the trip has an end in your mind. Probably something not too far down the road. Can you talk about that and what happens then? Yeah, um, we think we've got another five years based on a rough calculation, and we're taking the bikes um, from through all of the states down through to um, Argentina, down to Argentina, and then yeah. over to South Africa. And then we're doing Middle East, Middle East, well, Africa, then Middle East. Going to go back to the Sands because I didn't have my own bike for the Sands. Yeah, <laughs> so that's I'm our going, favorite place. So you want <laughs> to go back, right? Going back to the Sands and yeah. then into Europe because we, we, although we've done Europe many times before, we haven't done it on our on our bikes quite like this, and we want to do it in the summer rather than in January. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I think we think probably about another should take about five about years. About five to, years, and then to get home, and then. Our plan after that would be to, to well, well, we don't really know for sure, but we think that maybe we'll go and visit countries and explore them in way more depth and detail. So like Australia, for example, is we, we've only touched the surface of Australia. We'd love to go back and do what we haven't managed to do do there. And yeah, there'll be loads of places like that on our list that we we need to explore in more on more depth. Yeah, it's like as we're going around, we're making a list of all the places that we sort of like like a lot. And I mean, you know, we need we, more we, time there. yeah, we need more time there. So we don't feel bad about having to leave when you do, because we are limited at the end of the day with paperwork and, and visas, uh, visas yeah. and, and how long your bike can stay there. And, you know, around the world, bike travel is just a, just one, just one huge logistical nightmare, isn't it? So once we've done the trip and we know what we like, we can, we have our little list of places we need to go back to and we can stay there and just buy a bike and take yeah. our time more. Yeah. And, and right now, are you making money on the road or are you just draining that savings continuously? A bit of both. <laughs> we, 
Okay. Yeah, uh, I have. Um, I, I write for a few magazines. I used to be. I used to work for MCN before uh, Motorcycle News in the UK. I used to be a motorcycle journalist before mm-hmm. I left on this trip. So I still uh, write, art, write articles for them every so often. And uh, Elisa takes the photos, so that helps us tick on, tick on by. That that pays for like uh, the pricey things, like the helps with shipping, the and shipping, and the the odd. We like to do activities every now and then so it pays for things like that yeah and then mm. we do we do dig into the savings pots unfortunately but um that's what it's there for right it's there to yeah. enjoy <laughs> so now you said you're in the states traveling we we were we, we've literally just flown home like uh, two days ago i think yeah yeah a couple of days ago two or three days ago now yeah for a for a friend's wedding right so we just come back we left our bikes in um phoenix uh, yeah phoenix yeah arizona so, so we left home, them there you do the wedding, then you go back and you get back on your bikes again, fresh and, yeah. and ready yeah. to go. Well, exactly. We are thinking maybe we'll stay stay home for Christmas this time because we haven't yeah. had Christmas with our families uh. for years now. So yeah, yeah. Because although we were home, we were home for a period of time during COVID. Everyone was on lockdown, so you weren't able to see them anyway. <laughs> 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 so yeah, we might stay yeah, for we Christmas. Might stay for Christmas. It's, when you mentioned you, when you went back during COVID, where were you when you were traveling when when COVID hit? What happened there? We were in Thailand. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't really hear much about COVID at all. Friends and family were texting us saying, Oh, we heard about COVID and we nope, doesn't bother us. But yeah, just all of a sudden it just kicked off because it wasn't really talked about much where we were in Thailand and it just kicked off and um we ended up staying with a friend. We were there for six months. Yeah. And then the, eventually our visa ran out and our insurance ran out everything was expiring and uh we had to come home and uh and my leg was also playing up a little bit so we came back home and decided to recover back home whilst covid was there you your leg is from a, a bike crash you had in nepal yeah that's, that's right. right yeah what what happened there that was so we were waiting for our bikes to be shipped from japan to oh south korea to cambodia I think. oh south yeah that's right to cambodia they were go- on Something their way like to that. cambodia and there was a period of time where they were being shipped there. And I thought, oh, let's, whilst we're, because we haven't done India, Nepal and Pakistan, we'll rent bikes there. And um, whilst we're waiting, you have to wait like 12 weeks for your bike to be shipped. So we decided to rent bikes and um, I had a little off. I hit some sand. I was going super slow, hit some sand and unfortunately did the nasty on the leg. And um, so we went back, I had, had a couple of operations, went back home and then whilst I was recovering, we thought, oh, let's go and collect, <laughs> stupidly, let's go and collect our bike in Cambodia. And whilst I'm in a cast, I'll just sit on the back and there'll be beaches. We can relax there and, <laughs> and, and I'll take the crutches with me and I'll just do the six months um, on the back of the bike. And then obviously COVID hit. So we'd made it through Cambodia and Laos and yeah. most of Thailand before COVID yeah. did hit. So it was still a good, yeah, we, we still had a good run before yeah, we had did, to yeah. leave the bike. Yeah. I gather the what you're saying with the shipping the bike. You're you're always shipping it by sea. Yes. Yes. Apart from to Canada, when we shipped to Canada, that was the first time we'd ever shipped it by plane because it was actually the same price as by boat. I think. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would obviously be next day. So. Yeah. Yeah. And and why choosing? I guess you just said it. It's it's cost. That's why you've always shipped by sea. 
Yeah, correct. Yeah. And it's been fairly um, easy to do for you. I mean, there's a lot of people who talk about the, the the fee for shipping being cheaper, but when you get to the port, the port charges, et cetera, really tend to add up. Yeah, we, we've not really, we've not, not experienced that. We've not had uh, crazy port charges anywhere, really. Uh, it's not not actually been a an issue. No, we were nervous about it in shipping to Australia because they're, they're really strict oh, yeah. on their what what uh, quarantining quarantining and stuff. yeah yep. so there there are lots of people that do get stuck there if their bikes are not quite up to standard not clean um, enough yeah so we were worried about that for a while but we were we were fortunate enough to 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 get through quarantine and yeah. with no issues so we didn't have any extra charges there we spent a lot of time cleaning our bikes uh, in did. a Balinese car wash at Christmas Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah because apparently they're the real they do the white glove test when you when you're coming they into do. Australia to make sure and otherwise you end up getting charged for it exactly yeah yeah, yeah I mean, you have to be recleaned and reinspected and you don't stored. get your, yeah stored and you right. know if you have to wait in Australia for your bike and you can't camp because all your gears on your bike you're not allowed access to it then it you, you're quickly spending a yeah. lot of money very fast. So Andy, did you have a bunch of scenarios worked out for that? Oh yeah. <laughs> All the way up to uh, N, I think. And guess what? It was absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you mentioned that you, you've got these bikes in the States and you just said you shipped them. So these, these are new bikes, I guess you bought. I don't know if they're brand new or not. You can talk about that, but you, did you buy them somewhere else, obviously, and like in the UK and then ship them? Yeah. Yeah. So we bought them in the UK. Flew home from New Zealand, bought the bikes. Yeah. Shipped them over. They're, they're not brand new. They've, they had about a thousand, thousand miles, miles on them. Yeah, about a thousand miles on each of them. Um, and then we, yeah, we, we, we wanted them to have UK plates, uh, so that we can have them in the UK when we, when we finish, but also it's just, like the car name for yeah, Africa makes life for, easier and yeah paperwork and stuff if it's in in your name in your country and things like that it just makes it a lot easier and it makes sense to have two two bikes the same if if I was on an XT and Lisa was on a 300 then you know it's different sort of tools different spares different service intervals if you've got two bikes the same it's easier to swap parts and yeah. and then you're riding some uh, similar sort of style and and speed and stuff so yeah. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. Talk about the, the 300, what, why you chose it and, and what you did with it to get it ready for you for travel. <laughs> um, well, light, light bikes. Uh, we, I've always loved that XT single cylinder, but it's always, it, I always thought it was just a little bit too big, you know, um, for when we want to go like off road and stuff. We, we, it's just, it's just, I think it's just so much easier if you're on a long-term trip to live with a very lightweight, small, single-cylinder bike. Easier to keep running, easier to repair. We don't need to go fast. We never, ever take motorways or highways. Um, Sometimes we only really ride like 100 miles in a day at max. So we don't don't need all the... We don't need big bikes. Um, I mean, obviously big bikes are cool and very fun, but we have just as much fun on these sort of little bikes and... Yeah, the places we go and the things we do, that's all we need. We get on and off these bikes like so many times a day. To have a nice, small, easy bike that you can easily maneuver around a, a little place, it's, 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 for me, it's so much easier. Yeah. And we're, we're very light as well. We've got a lot, we've not got a lot of stuff uh, on our bikes. I mean, no matter how much stuff you have on your bike, someone will tell you that you've got too much stuff anyway. But I think we're, we're quite light. So it's nice yeah. to keep everything as, keep it all light. Yeah. Yeah. If there's one place where people talk about having a bigger motorcycle, it's, it's the States where you're riding in now. 
uh, with the, yeah. those wide they, open spaces, right? Where you, where you, you want to cruise a long distance yeah. and you may have winds and things like that. Are you finding any issues Absolutely. with the 300 for that? There yeah. have been sometimes, yeah. You're in the right. States. And there have been many times in the States. No, it's been many times. In, in the Can- States. Canada, there's been Canada many times. Canada more so, yeah. But we, where we've been like, oh, we wish we were on just like a really big Harley. But <laughs> 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 we can do these straight roads, where the, you're right, with the wind, where we can do these straight roads and, and it'd be nice and easy. And then... But then you just come like, off the straight yeah. road and you find like a back road and it's not... A couple of hours later, you're on, you're on a bit of gravel and you're like, actually... No, my bike's perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the first time you have to pick it up, of course, or anytime you have to pick it up, that's when you're reassured this is the right size bike. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, picking up is the main thing. We're only, we're only a little. Well, I, I want to take a break here. But when we come back, I want to get some tips from some of the stuff you've, you guys have learned. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right, stay with us. Nowadays, we have the luxury of going to specialists for just about everything. And now as motorcyclists, we have the luxury of going to specialists when it comes to motorcycle camping gear. Moto Camp Nerd. Moto Camp Nerd specializes in motorcycle camping gear. Ben and Mary Williams are the founders of Moto Camp Nerd, and they say that everything they stock, and it's all brand names like Big Agnes, Garmin, Cedar Summit, Nemo, everything they stock has been chosen specifically for motorcycle camping, for size, for packability, for durability. And they say if you have any questions, they're happy to help you out. Now, they're located in Archdale, North Carolina, but of course, you can order online. Their website is motocampnerd.com. If you want something for motorcycle camping, this is the specialist place. As a matter of fact, I think it's the only one, motocampnerd.com. Dot com. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Motocampnerd.com. Go light, go fast, go far with Giant Loop. Inspired by years of personal riding experience and, and feedback gathered from riders across the globe, Giant Loop designs products for travel, discovery, and exploration. That is the Giant Loop difference. That's what's different about Giant Loop from other products. They believe that lighter and simpler is better and that how we ride shouldn't dictate what is strapped onto our our motorcycles. Riding is just plain more fun when unnecessary weight and bulk are removed. And how can you argue with that? Giant Loop eliminates elements, focusing on what's needed to serve the product's mission. So what that means is no extra straps and buckles all hanging off that, flopping around. No everything in the kitchen sinks designs. Instead, each product is purpose-built to enhance the riding experience for those who want a modular and customizable packing system that is durable, stable, intuitive, and most of all, lightweight. They also make some liquid reservoirs to carry on your bike. The armadillo bags are perfect for storing hydrocarbon things. The other one is for, it's called the cactus canteen. It's for water. Bags are amazing because when you empty them, you just roll them up and store them. When you don't need them, you store them. When you need them, you pull them out and you fill them up. It's a great idea. Giantloopmoto.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, mention that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Giantloopmoto.com. One of the challenges when we're riding in dirt is controlling our adventure bikes. And a lot of that comes to do with the weight of the bike. I mean, let's face it, if it was a tiny little bike, it would be easier to control. But any bike, no matter what it is, is easier to control if you have more leverage at the foot pegs. That means a larger foot peg. But 
Any larger foot peg is not the answer. You've got to get a one that's properly designed, which means that the ergonomics are designed correctly so that when you go to reach for your shifter or your brake, it doesn't change that relationship that you have from the stock bike. It needs to be workable. IMS Products has a full line of adventure motorcycle foot pegs that are designed specifically for adventure riding. No matter whether you're riding just down fire roads or the highway for the large ADV1 and ADV2 pegs, on down to the core series peg, which is for more hardcore, tight, rocky stuff. They've got a peg to suit your style. And these pegs also have, within the design, they use a, a staggered tooth design, what they call that. And what that means is it grips incredibly to your boots without tearing your boots apart. All this is built into a quality product. IMSproducts.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. IMSproducts.com. Okay, welcome back. So I'm going to get some tips from you. How many years have you guys been on the road now? It's been five years and nine months with a break because of COVID. And a break because of a break, leg yeah. break. Right, yeah. right. Five years and nine months. So th that's a long time. And it's obviously this is a way of life for you. You know, you guys know motorcycle travel right now. It's what you do. It's what you live every day. And just the thought of you coming back and having to start a different life. I mean, it could be great because, you know, changes are fun, but it, but it can sometimes be tough to imagine. Mm. Mm, yeah, you're right. I don't... I don't know if this, I don't know if we ever will really stop this. I mean, we will come back in five years because then that's sort of around the world. We, we've sort of ridden that route that we kind of want to ride, but then I think we'll do more traveling, more, different, more traveling, just dif differently. Yeah, differently. Like we'll go to a country and just spend time in that country. We won't take our own UK plated bike, if that makes sense. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think it's going to be possible to come back and, live a normal life. <laughs> yeah. Go back to what we were doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the one big lesson, if there is one, that you guys have learned while being on the road, since being on the road full-time-ish? I think oh, you've, no, got, you've, no you've got to take every day as it comes. It's You, you can't really plan like a really tight schedule because things don't go to plan all the time. And I think that's probably one of the main things we've learned, right? I mean, we actually have um, a list of things that we've learned <laughs> and learned on the, on, along the way. We keep forgetting that we've learned things, basically. <laughs> you mean, are you seriously actually writing this stuff down, the list? Yeah, you're right. We have a list They're of like things. silly things, like... Um, take, take, take each day as it comes. Like, there's no point thinking about what's going to happen in yeah. two months or three months, or are, are you going to enjoy this country, or is this going to be a problem just... Yeah, just enjoy enjoy every day, take it as it comes, and, and just roll and with it. I guess be prepared for your plan not to not, not to, to work, work out because it. Yeah, I, I would say ninety percent of the time our plan doesn't go to plan. Yeah, so there's no point in making plans because we're so terrible at plans. <laughs> so, <laughs> and when things don't go to plan, it all goes kind of wrong, and at the time it feels terrible. Then let, uh, it's, that's what you remember after. It's like that that fantastic saying: "Adventure is discomfort recounted at leisure," which is so true. At the time, things when things don't go to plan or you're in a tough situation, it sounds terrible and you, 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 you feel terrible at the time. But then after that's what you, you know, you put your foot up on a chair and you, you tell, you tell, you tell your friends like, Oh yeah. And then that happened. And that's, that's the good stuff. So. It yeah. is. Yeah. But do you, do you know that while you're doing it? Do, do no, you... God, God, no. <laughs> it's like only after. Where, where would you tell someone to begin? Somebody wants to, or it maybe even 
considers the idea because I mean, the life that you guys are leading, I think to all of us sounds just amazing, you know, so much adventure and so, and so much excitement and you're really getting the most, you're getting the, the juice out of life, as they say, where would you say that someone should begin if they're thinking of that, something like that? Um, that's a tricky one, really. I, I guess, I guess you need to decide what, what you, what your trip is about and what you want to, what you want to do and, and see. Um, for us, that was very easy, but also financing it. That that's, that's a big, big yeah. part to play. You need to. How will you stay on the road? How, yeah. How long do you want to stay on the road? Yeah. That's, that's kind of important. And, and then once you know, like the basics of that, then you've got to do the hard part, which is the paperwork, the visas and bringing your bike into the countries and, and yeah. things like that, that that's, that's the challenging part. And then it's sort of kind of all Everything falls into place clicks, after that. Yeah. Yeah. Once you start, once you, once you decide for yourself that, that I'm going to do, I'm going to do this. No this matter, is where I want to go. Yeah. This is where I want to go. I'm going to do it. And you start figuring out the, all these other little bits everything just sort of clicks into place. You you can make it work if, if that's what you really, really want. Yeah. It, you, you'll make it work. And then the next important thing is to just tell people that you're going because then it's just so hard to, <laughs> to not look, go. look that person in the eye and say, oh no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not actually going anymore. Right. So. And that's when you end up leaving in that pouring rain and the horrible storm. Yeah. Yeah. You're committed. No, I, that's so true. I mean, the, the public declaration, isn't it? I mean, that that's a great way to motivate yourself to do things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then as, as far as the planning portion of it. Plan, planning is dependent on, on how much time you have and, and what way, where, where you're going and what you're doing. It, it can, it, it ranges so much. If you're, if you're planning a trip, for example, in the state, America trip, for example, and you want to ride from Alaska to Argentina, then, and, and you've got, I don't know, four, four months to do it your planning will look very different from someone who wants to go and ride the road of bones or wants to do a round the world trip. Um, um, and of course it depends on what, what you want from your trip. And that, that makes such a big difference to planning. If you're going to go on a round the world trip, like we are, and and you have a very big time frame, then. You've got to start with seasons, right? Yeah. You start with the seasons. And work out which country you need to be in at, at what time of year. Unlike us that started Europe in January, you need to decide which which countries you're going to be in, which seasons, and therefore where you can get your visas for those countries. Because that's been quite quite a challenge for for us. Is oh, if we need to go to this country, but we can only get the visa in our home country, and the visa only lasts six months. It's you, you know you have to be there by that by that time period. So exactly, that's, yeah. So that's what I mean by it's so different, dependent on what you're doing. So like in our situation, you have to just kind of go with it and and figure it out as you go on the yeah. road because it's a long-term thing. But if you're on a short, shorter trip, then you can get those visas in the UK and you can plan pretty well what, yeah. where you're going to go and what you're going to do in your sort of timeframes. And then reach out to other travelers because there's, there's, there's so many people are doing similar thing to us that you can reach out to them and they're all so helpful. Well, us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll help. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we love talking to other, other people that want to do yeah. trips. It's, it, it keeps it alive for us as well. It's like, yeah, I'm it's so excited. These, this other person's going to go and do this new adventure. It's just, it really makes me happy that they're, yeah. they're doing that. <laughs> and, and you probably know better than anyone, Jim, like how, how, 
how incredible like the adventure motorcycle travel community is. Everyone's just out there to help everyone else. So mm-hmm. planning doesn't planning doesn't have to be as daunting as as people think yeah. it is. And that's what what I was going to ask is is how difficult is that paperwork and planning process? Like if you're not an organizer, is is it is it going to be something that's just too much for someone? No, no, it's not too much. Every, every, every day that goes by, we plan less and less and we worry less and less about planning and paperwork. Um, at the beginning, it was all a lot more like, oh, we need to, we need to spend a lot of time and figure out this and that, but it kind of, you can kind of figure out most of it as you go. And there are some great Facebook groups out there and, um, websites and people, people are just willing to help. And you, you'll, you'll find groups where people have just gone through those borders and just asked a question and figure out it's not, it's not anywhere near as, as daunting as, as it's made out to be, I don't think. And, and how important is the, the right bike, the right gear, the right luggage, the right equipment for the ride? What, what, what is the right gear and yeah. the right luggage and the right bike? There isn't, there isn't a right. So it can't. It, whatever works for you, yeah, really. No, whatever you feel comfortable carrying and, and taking. I mean, there, there are some people who have way more stuff than we do and and great like they're way more comfortable than we are and that makes them comfortable too so it's so a great you you do you you take what you need to yeah people get so hung up on it don't they yeah like what what have you got what have, how you know if you haven't made a modification that they've made then it's like oh my gosh you know some mm-hmm. uh, we, we I tell you one story we, we um when we were going through uh, where was it? Tajikistan we met up with a uh, a French guy who was traveling um and his name's Frank, and I think he was in his uh, he's in his early sixties at the time, and he he retired, and he went and uh, went and did a trip in India on a on a Royal Enfield, and that was the first time he'd ridden a bike, and he decided that actually he was going to do a round the world trip on a motorbike, and he went and bought they went to a KTM dealership in France, and they pretty much laughed him out of the out of the shop, and because he didn't know anything about or too much about bikes. So he was like, well, I, I've ridden a Royal Enfield bullet. I might as well just do it on that. So he bought that Royal Enfield and he rode it and we met him and we rode with him, like even into places like Mongolia and stuff. And, you know, he was riding in like all these crazy places on a Royal Enfield bullet where everyone else is, while people other people are arguing about the types of bikes they need. He's out there doing it on that. It's just important that you just go and get a bike, any bike that you like and just do it. Who cares? As long as you're comfortable on that bike and yeah. as long as you're happy, then that's all that, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that that's the place most people start. Most people start looking at gear and looking at motorcycles and what is the perfect motorcycle. And then once they get the perfect motorcycle, it's how many mods do I have to make? Where is the list of mods? I mean, yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard people say that they've actually taken the list of mods they've found on, you know, a website and went through every single mod to their bike to get it prepared for the trip. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you guys have learned about motorcycles and gear that you would sort of pass on as advice though? Um, that's a difficult, that's a really difficult question. I don't, I don't think so. I've ridden, I've been lucky enough to ride a, a lot, a lot of bikes in, in my life so far. And with your job, with, yeah, with, with, with job my job. And he used to be able to test them, right? Yeah. And I mean, I'd, I'd love to ride around the world on a GS and I'd love to ride around the world on a 300. I, there's no, there's no real right or wrong when it comes yeah. to, to gear and stuff like that. It's, 
it's whatever fits your budget, whatever puts a smile on your face when you look at it in the morning. And, that, and makes you that's comfortable. What, yeah. like, that's really important. You have to be comfortable in, in, in all your gear and on your bike because then it becomes no fun if, if you're uncomfortable. Yeah, just you just have to be happy on on what yeah. on what you're on. Look at mm-hmm. people like Jack Lucasen, you know, who rode around the world on an R1. Sure. Like the guy, the guy I just mentioned, Frank, um, riding around on his Royal Enfield. We've met people riding around on Honda Cubs. You know, yeah. Nathan Millwood uh, did it on his CT. Yeah. But he's just, whatever. Who, who cares? Whatever, you know, yeah, just, just get out there, and yeah. as long as you're it. out there, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Forget about everything else. Just just buy some stuff, buy some gear that you think will work. Do a couple of dry runs. You'll figure out very quickly what you do and don't need. Send some stuff home if you take too much or don't, if you want to carry it and yeah. just go and have some fun. For, and, and, and for what works for us might not work for everybody else. Like, yeah, like a helmet, for example, we, we love a flip front, flip flip front, front helmet, mainly because when you get to a traffic light, People want to say hello and you want to smile at people. If you maybe arriving in a small village, it's nice to be able to have your face on show. So we love a flip front for that. Um, but for other people, they, they, they don't like it. It's too heavy or too hot or, or something along those lines. So I guess just what, whatever well, works for you. you. Yeah. We've worked, we've worked out what works for us. So yeah, just do whatever works for you. <laughs> and is there any gear that you would, that you would recommend that people take? Like for instance, your, your satellite device. Garmin, oh, uh, uh, or, no, so yeah, we have a Zolio. Sorry, a Zolio or a Garmin. Thing. Yeah, um, uh, satellite. Unit. Well, that was a lesson we learned after Elisa's crash that we had that uh, pack, a Zol- pack that um, satellite communicator. I think that would have made life a lot easier, and Elisa might not have had to have a thirteen-hour drive in the back of a jeep to yeah. a hospital in Kathmandu. Yeah, if, yeah I think that's really leg. important, especially if you're going to like places off grid or, or, um, or, especially or, if you're solo as well, if you're right? Solo, yeah. It's very important. With, that, with a device that we haven't had to use it luckily, but with a device like that, it will just put your mind at ease that you can call for help no matter where you are. And I wish we had one of those at the beginning of our trip. So mm-hmm. that, that for sure would be number one yeah. item we would never leave without now. Yeah, I think we've we've refined our, our gear so much over the years that everything, I can't think of anything we, we, could do without ah oh, no your aeropress no that, i said i can't think of anything you could do with that, <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, well, this is a coffee thing is it yeah because elisa drinks tea she she wants me to get rid of my aeropress but it's my one like it's my one luxury item i'm allowed it. it's his luxury item he, he he can't live without his his aero his aeropress his coffee machine yeah so, I, i'm not familiar yeah. with the aeropress is, is this a plastic pl- a plunge type press yeah ex- exactly yeah right. it's it, yeah you can just buy like a bag of coffee in every new country you go to and you sample it as you Filter go. Filter your own coffee. Yeah. yeah it's nice. You, I like a coffee in the morning. Um, I'm not going to com- <laughs> compromise on that. <laughs> Everyone has their own little luxury things that they want. You know, yeah. it's funny. That's something I've never talked about on this show is getting coffee. That, Cause that's really important for anyone who's in, into coffee. Have you been able yeah. to get coffee everywhere you went in the world or have you found places where you can't get it? Oh yeah, I think we have I have been able to get it everywhere. everywhere. It's yeah. been it's not always been to your taste or to your liking. Yeah, some places not so much. Like I'm not a big fan of putting horse milk in my coffee in Mongolia mm. and places like that. But <laughs> but yeah, you you I always have a, a spare bag and it's nice. Like a hot a drink a hot drink like Lisa sent with her tea you know, and. You, you meet someone and you end up staying in someone's yurt and stuff and you'll get around like a hot cup of tea and it's like a nice 
it's like a connection. So even if um, it's not just for me, it's I like to make coffee for other people. And actually, we 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 meet from uh, quite a lot of people who have the same sort of mindset. We were riding, uh, I think it was Utah. We were yeah. like a couple of weeks ago, and just some uh, a motorcycle traveler saw us pulled up on the side of the road. Uh, nearer like a services sort of stop, like sorry, not services, just like one of those pit rest toilet areas. Toilet, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and he pulled up, and he was a chap from Israel on a, a motorcycle trip, and he was like, "Oh, you guys, uh, you know, you're not from America." No, we chatted for two seconds. He was like, "Let's all have coffee." Well, like, oh, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's a nice little little bond thing. Yeah, it is. Of course, Elisa, do you roll your eyes at that point and think, I'll just have a tea? I'll have a tea. I always have my tea bags at the ready. No, but but as far as as gear goes though, like for you guys, maybe I'm wording it wrong, but for you guys, have you found little things that work well that that you could pass on? In other words, you know, like I said, the the, the SAT uh, transmitter, which I think is is absolutely essential. Um, Those type of things. Yes. Okay. I, I see what you mean. Yeah. There are a bunch of stuff like that. So like, um, a silk liner for your sleeping bag, that's super important for us. Yeah. Absolutely love ours. Mm-hmm. It's a big double silk liner and we stayed in a lot of very questionable places with very questionable, uh, cleanliness. So you, you can sleep in inside that and it makes it easy in your tent as well. You don't have to wash your sleeping bag out as much. Gear wise, though, like motorbike gear. Oh, do you, do you mean like motorcycle gear, or do you mean like things like oh, that? anything, anything, any gear you have? Yeah, petrol stove is very important. Yeah. Petrol stove. Not not to use a gas stove because obviously, if you're on a bike trip, you're always going to have petrol. So it, that's that's it doesn't make sense right. to carry. That's gas sorry containers. to interrupt you. That that's one that burns the gasoline that you have in your in your bike, as opposed to one of the screw on uh, pressurized gas right. containers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it doubles, it doubles up as if you run out of petrol, you can use that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which happens often. Very um, important. Water tank and a spare water container and a petrol container, they're very important. They're very important. Sometimes you can go a couple of days without getting good water, so it's good to have um, yeah. spare water. What do you guys do for need- that? What, what sort of container? Oh, we have a um, overland fuel container. You know, like um, the Rotopax style. Rotopax, right? Yeah, yeah. They have a different one now. We it's called Overland Fuel. We have it's a similar sort of container, but we have one for water and one for because we know if we go to a campsite or if we we know if we're going to camp somewhere and there's no river or water source, then we know we need about five five liters for the night for the two of us to to drink, to cook, to wash, to yeah. clean the dishes. So we always have to have that water, especially in like places like Central Asia, it's not so as important in America and yeah. stuff. But so we definitely recommend a petrol stove over uh, the other anything stove. else. Yeah, and um, gear wise, like we we wear um, lightweight clothing. Yeah, lightweight clothing, important. and then we have waterproofs that we that we throw over the top. So we like our clothes to be breathable when it's hot, um, and then we just throw over our yeah, just our cheap waterproofs. waterproof throwovers. Yeah. It's be- uh, we find that uh, works. That works best. Just inexpensive ones, and you buy them big enough to go over everything. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's like you're riding down the motorway in a or the down the in road a in a bin bag. Yeah, yeah. bin bag. <laughs> With but... a garbage bag on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything's got to have two uses though, because if you have, uh, it, then if we go out and about on on foot, you can just wear that when and it's if it's raining instead of having to wear a big bulky waterproof motorbike jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we have like um compressible down jackets that we wear underneath our bike gear, um, which then, yeah, which then you can double up and wear that when you walk about town instead of having to wear uh, a bike jacket. So we always take the liners out of anything we, anything we wear, things like that. Anything else? 
Oh, I can't think. Well, it's an important question. Um, a, a ratchet strap has come in very important over the years. Yeah. When pannier racks break and to tow another bike and things like that. Uh, ratchet strap, which is, we always carry one of those. So you mean and we with, also, with the actual ratchet on it? Not, no, we're not talking a pull strap where you're pulling it through to the cam lock style. No, yeah, just with the, with the actual ratchet with on it. Ratchet. Mm. Yeah, that's that's coming very useful. Yeah. When our panniers, uh, pannier frames had broken a few times and it just holds everything together. Mm-hmm. Cable ties, cable ties, have, we've yeah. used countless amount of cable ties. Yeah, we're supporting <laughs> the cable tie industry. Um, <laughs> a, a, good, a good toolkit that you know how to use is important. I've met quite a few people who have like very large toolkits and but they don't not sure or too sure on what a lot of the tools do to carry them anyway, which I always thought was a little bit strange. Like it makes sense to take your bike apart in the when when you're at home before you go and just only put put the tools that you use to one side and just take those tools with you on your trip. Because you're not going to be rebuilding your engine on the side of the road. So you don't mm-hmm. need you don't need all those uh, finicky little bits and bobs, just just what you need, you take with you. So a solid toolkit support and a, a compressor as well. As some people have um, handheld pumps, that's awesome, but I much prefer a compressor because of the amount of punctures we've had over the years. Yeah, I can't. What else? Yeah, this, else. I think that's. We don't really. Yeah, there's not a lot in our bags. Yeah. To be honest with you, so there's nothing really that's like super important to us. How about the rider themselves? What sort of skills do you think they should have to head off on, a, on an adventure like this? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Um, I, th- I suppose it, get, it depends what, what sort of road you're looking to tackle and whether you have a time frame. If perhaps if you're not as experienced, um, but you've got time and you can take your time and take things slow, then it doesn't really matter. It just, it's, if if you're cautious and slow, right? Yeah, you'll I pick mean, you'll pick it up as you go. You'll learn as you go. Yeah, I, I would say although I was riding quite a lot before we left on our trip, I wouldn't say I was an experienced rider. I wouldn't say that I was I was particularly any good at riding. I guess, <laughs> um, but um, but I knew how to ride. I knew I knew how things worked, and I just the more you do it, the more you learn, right? And as long as you take your time, nice and slow, and just do what you feel comfortable doing, then it doesn't yeah. really matter, right? Yeah, you need, yeah. As long as long as you're comfortable and you, you just take your time. But yeah. at, at the same time, though, there are some fantastic off-road schools throughout the world, no matter where you live. That you're going to find a great off-road school. Like a lot of people invest a lot of money and time into, like you said earlier, what modifications they're going to put on their bike, but they don't invest a lot of time or money into their own skills. So yeah. if, 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 um, skills, your riding skills are a worry for you, or that's, you're like, Oh, how am I going to cope if I hit like some silt or deep sand or something, then, you know, just spend, spend the, spend the money and go on an off-road day, do a, do a couple of classes, you know, invest in, invest in yourself and your skills. But for the most part, I agree with Elisa, it's not the be all and end all, as long as you take it slow and you don't, push yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, you, you, you'll learn rapidly as you go. Yeah. Don't just, just as long as you're not out there going too fast and being silly, just, just yeah, take your time. It's, it's not a race. Yeah, it's not a travel race. Business. Yeah. yeah. How about skills that are, that are more of the mind? Like in other words, dealing with um, border crossings, figuring that sort of things out. Are, are there ways to prepare yourself for that sort of thing? Would, was there anything you can recommend there? Wow, these are really good questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess like um, it is good to be prepared. It's it's good to know 
like what paperwork you need for those countries. You don't want to turn up at a border and realise that you need a carne for your bike and you, you don't have one of those. Like you, you need to do some research for sure and find out what what to um what to expect. Yeah, what yeah. to expect. And time. You need to, you need to have time. There's some border crossings that you're there for hours and hours at a time. And so you don't want to be arriving late in the afternoon and then you still have another four hours afterwards before before you get to your destination. So expect plants to be there for the whole day. And Yeah, everyone has their own way of doing border crossings. But yeah. our, 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 the way we do them is we arrive really early and we arrive with like a packed lunch and we're, we're fed, we've, we've got water, we've got food for the day and we have no expectation of getting through anytime soon yeah. and nowhere to be that day. So even mm. if we just get across, we'll, we'll stay somewhere close by. And we're also packing a smile. And that's like, that's the most important thing, I think, at any border yeah, person. Yeah, be friendly, be patient, bring a smile. Yeah, there's not much you, else you can do in, in practice. Yeah. As, long as, you don't, as long as you don't lose your call. That's the most important thing because then, <laughs> then then you're done. Yeah. yeah. They got they they got you. <laughs> How about um apps there or or things that you find online that um you've found very useful? Yeah, iOverlander. That yeah, that that's has a been big a, one. a big app for us that we use all the time. It's a that's a like a uh like a map that's offline so you can download certain countries or regions and um and it's all offline so there will be countries that you or, or places that you go that there's no internet and and you need something like that yeah i have landed really good shows you where the border crossings are and things like that and also maps me which is what you can download you know maps, maps me yeah maps me that's yeah. that's really good because because then you can you can navigate without having to use any internet that's what that's what we use as our our navigation device but overland is probably the big one Ireland. it shows you where to camp as well like people have uh, other other travelers have have like they they like review certain places yeah it might be more like wild camping where you can you can pull up here and there's water access here and things like that so we 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 have to use those two apps for sure yeah they're, they're um, probably that's probably it i think i don't think we use any others uh google translate <laughs> google mm. translate has come in handy on a few occasions like um especially in japan that came in very useful in, yeah in japan um yeah i mean it's always fun playing charades but sometimes you you just need an answer <laughs> <laughs> do, do you so, yeah, try and learn any of the language when you go into a country absolutely yeah we try and learn some just some basics hello goodbye good night Thank you. Tea, coffee, those those sort of basics. But um, we, we it's hard. You you forget once you once you've learnt like the basics for one country, you're in a new country and you've forgotten the previous country. Right. <laughs> but there's a lot to say for learning the basics. Yeah, that's yeah. Really, it's really important. It's nice to people. I think people appreciate that you've made made an effort. Yeah. How do you guys feel about insurance, medical insurance? Strongly, I guess. Oh yeah. yeah. If we hadn't have had medical insurance when I was, um, when I had my accident, then we'd still be there now washing the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least his um, bill was uh, very high, wasn't oh, it? It's really, yeah, it was, it was like, super um, expensive. But 20, maybe 25 grand. Pounds, was, yeah. Yeah, 25,000 pounds was her hospital bill. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and that's not including the flights home or anything like that, that yeah. the insurance covered. So yeah, I think insurance is very important. I, I wouldn't. I would never do without the insurance. I'd never travel without it, no. No. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are some why, people who who tell me they they don't want to take they don't want to have insurance or they, it's not they don't want to they can't afford it. 
Oh, that's 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 a real shame. Yeah, that's, that's a really, shame. Really sad for us. That'll be more important than than, than anything because yeah, you never that's... know what what might happen. And I mean, it's not necessarily you as a rider. It might be somebody else that's that's caused caused the issue. And I mean, you can never predict things like that. It's it's yeah. It's yeah. It'll be a real shame if yeah. someone can't afford something like that. Yeah, I'd 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 um, give up like gear like certain gear and yeah, like stuff like that for for the insurance pay yet mm. it is exp- it is expensive though you know to be fair right it is expensive like yeah. how, like maybe ours was like 200 or 300 a year or something pounds but if someone is planning a trip then there, there must be pennies there for for things like your petrol and your accommodation and things so you, you'd be better off to have a few nights sleeping rough and in a yeah. wild camping than you would be insurance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That makes, I think that makes priority. Sense. Yeah, that doesn't even sound like a lot of money, two or 300 pounds for a year. I mean, like yeah. you say, one thing goes wrong, you know, exactly. that, that gets very expensive very fast. I mean, you're lucky. I mean, I know, I think you, you, you broke, you broke your tibia, did you? Or, or you cracked your tibia, I think. And, and uh, she at least had a spiral on tibia and fibula. Yeah. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and so, I mean, that's a major, but I mean, it could have been a lot worse too. Uh, yeah. I was super lucky. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm really, really fortunate that it wasn't, wasn't any worse. And I didn't damage my back or my neck or still got your leg. I still got my leg. Yeah. I'm super lucky, but it, it, you're were, right. It could have been a lot worse. When we got back to the UK, they were, the, the doctors were impressed that Lisa still had her leg. Yeah. On, on oh, her, really? So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, go, 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 uh, we've always known, no, you get insurance, but it is always an afterthought, you know, yeah. at, at the time, like you do, you get it, but it's not as important as, Ooh, what color helmet am I going to get? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But, but then when you, when you go through something like that, it's like, no, insurance is the most important. There's no point doing it. Without. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look, I, I was only going what, 12 miles an hour. Yeah. You were slowing down. And mass- I was going yeah. slow and it, it was just a, it was a freak accident on a bit of sand. So I mean, it doesn't matter how good of a rider you are. It can happen you, to you anyone. Have, yeah, it could happen to anyone at any speed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, insurance is important uh, in, in our in our opinion. In, you know, yeah, yeah. Everyone each to their own. Are Are you wearing uh, riding boots? Yeah, as well. Yeah, you, are, yeah. you both wear riding boots. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, both wear riding boots. Yeah. Yeah. So what's another, or, or, or is there any other important, I'm sure there's probably tons of things, important things you've learned, but what sticks out to you is something, you know, notable that you really learned by being on the road so long? Well, I guess, I guess it's the, it's the people we, people you meet along the way. Mm-hmm. Everyone always asks you, you know, what's your favorite country and where, where did you like the most? But it's never the places you remember it's always the people that you meet when you're yeah. traveling through them that sticks in your head and and a lot of time it's lo- local people you know yeah. sometimes it's travelers but pe- the people we've met even in the most you know remote places have just been so kind to us yeah. and looked after us and you know places that you just never expect someone to take you in uh, and they do and they're insistent on it and they're insistent on sharing food and you know accommodation and stuff and it's, it's really made our trip it's, yeah it's it, really yeah really made our trip it, for it's, us. it's the people that make travel not not the places for sure wow and is that something you didn't expect when you left like something you didn't really think about when you left yeah i guess so i guess so i i, I mean we know people are people are kind but it's just a, it's just a different level yeah it Pe- is. people are really cool and 
like I say, it's, it's the people you meet, like the lo- locals, but it's also motorbike people as well. Motorbike yeah. people are very cool there's people. A, there's a huge family out there of, of other motorbikers that and it doesn't matter what you're riding. Everyone just wants to invite you in or or, or, or have a coffee chat with you and, and chat and yeah. talk, like, share adventures and things. It's the community there. The biking community is is huge and that that's really made made our trip for sure. Yeah, that's what that's what makes traveling special. Yeah. is the people. Yeah. And do you find that you have? Do you look for that while you're out? Do you look for those interactions, or does this just happen? It oh, just happens. It just happens. Yeah. yeah. It, we, you don't. You don't. We don't want to go out uh, looking for it. Or push, pushing it. It's just yeah. yeah. If, if sometimes, like for example, you'd be in New Zealand. At, we were in New Zealand, and people would just randomly message us and be like, "Oh, if you if you're passing through this area, you come come and stay at our house," and then. Like yeah, why why not you open open to the all these sort of yeah and those like evenings yeah. sharing stories and talking about what, where where we could go or what we could see and 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 sharing information like that they're they're so much fun yeah and it, like you you might be staying for a night in someone's place in New Zealand and then like a year ago maybe you were staying in a yurt with a different a, a different family in Kyrgyzstan and and it's it's so cool to just have those experiences like around the world mm-hmm. with other people and share their stories and listen to what they've what they've been through and yeah yeah it's just you don't need to look best, for it it'll come best, to you <laughs> that's the best bit that's the best bit for sure right yeah it's, for sure so the key is then just to be open to it so in other words like when you're getting these i mean it would be very easy to say oh no no i don't want to impose and and sort of avoid that or, or maybe uncomfortable going to a stranger's home whatever the, the key yeah. is to be open to it to to embrace those those Absolutely. opportunities when they come up yeah Absolutely, you yeah. have to be open to if you're out there on the road you've got to be open to the road and i think that's uh, a big thing about when it comes back to planning as well if you have really strict time frame and timetable you can't necessarily do those sort of things if you're on your sat nav and you're on a motorway and you're flying along and you're going from hotel to hotel you can't do those sort of things if you mm. if you take the time it's much better to do uh, it's much better to take take the time out and and go on those sort of back roads and mm. and experience meet those sort of people. There's one other resource that you guys didn't mention, and and that's your website, because you guys have put together a whole website. (laughs) And and on there, there is just loads and loads of information. Let's talk about that. So you you started that as a blog, though, correct? And the the website is called? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, we have a website. It's uh, Mad Mad or Nomad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we we started it as a blog, and um, I quite, uh, I mean, I I like, I enjoy I enjoy writing and we started getting a lot of emails, like questions about, and a lot of the questions were on places we'd been and, you know, stuff we take and, and How a lot of the, navigate that yeah, country. And a lot of the questions were the same and I was just writing the same thing out over and over again. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll just, I'll just write a guide or two and help some people, you know, pe- they can just see that and I'll put it, pop it on the website and then, just kept writing and it's just turned into a passion project really it's just literally there to help anyone that might have some questions about stuff and or might yeah. have some ideas of where to where, where to, to go or, or, and we've been really lucky there's some really cool people that have um, contributed some great guides to the website as well so you know we, we have people um writing articles as well they just they take they take time out and to do it and write about the countries that they've been to and yeah it's, it's just a it's just a passion project to help help others. Yeah. It's a great little oh, resource that you're giving back to other people who are already riding out there or maybe considering doing things or yeah. interested in certain information. Hopefully it helps them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully it helps some, someone. Yeah. Someone reads it. <laughs> well, that's great. 
Well, we'll put a link in the in the show notes, of course, to your website. Thank you oh, very cool. much, Thank the both you. of you. It was great to sit and talk with you, and I, and I hope you enjoy your Christmas and are back on your bike soon. Thank oh, you. Thanks so much for having Thanks us for on. Having us. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> I was speaking with Andy and Elisa Davidson. Their website is madornomad.com. And we'll have that link, of course, in the show notes. We've also got some great photos so you can see what their adventure has been like, or at least a little bit of an idea in the show notes for this episode on our website, adventureriderradio.com. Hey, I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you by Green Chili Adventure Gear, greenchiliadv.com, Motobreeze Chain Oiler at motobreeze.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And we'd really appreciate it if anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime, email or otherwise, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Well, that about wraps up another episode for Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and you, of course. Thank you very much for being a part of it by listening to the show. Hey, if you haven't done it already, we would love to get a five-star review from you wherever you're finding your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Podbean or wherever it is you're listening. A five-star review helps other people find the show. And share it with your friends. Share it on social media. That would really help things as well. If you'd like to, and we would really appreciate it as well, we'd like you to drop by the website and click on support that's adventureriderradio.com click on support consider supporting the show anything ten dollars or more gets you an adventure rider radio sticker anything fifty dollars or more gets you a shout out on our raw show which brings me right around to mentioning raw a brand new episode of raw is out raw is the other show that we do that comes out once a month it's roundtable talks about motorcycles travel motorcycle travel and it comes out the 21st of every month so there's a new episode out today as a matter of fact or as of thursday september 21st so drop by our website adventureriderradio.com and look at raw as well it's all there anyway thank you very much for listening my name is jim martin now get out there and ride your bike if you can talk to you next week Hi, this is Charlie Borman, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio.